Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. We're starting today 40 days of prayer, and I just want to reiterate something that, 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 that kind of Andrew's video and his, his life just told us. We really believe that life-on-life interaction is absolutely essential. And if you are going to get the benefit of these next 40 days, one thing we need for you to do is we need for you, and you need to do, is lock into a small group. Okay, if you don't know how to do that, um, there is a, a on our connection tab on our website. There's a there's a form you can fill out. We'll we'll hook you up with a with a leader according to what you answer on those questions. If you don't use internet or online, call the church office. Our, our 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 church staff will help you figure out how to get in touch with the leader. We'll take your name and number. We'll get you we'll get you connected. Okay, um, and and so it, for the next forty days, we expect God to really change some things in us. Okay, and I'm going to talk about the rest of the morning about why we uh, think that's true. So, turn to Ephesians chapter four. I don't know if, if you're like me, but I, 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 I'm a leader, and I have to be committed to growth. I, I have found there are so much, so many shortcomings, so many inadequacies about who I am that if I'm not committed to growing and learning and becoming better, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. Now, I say it all to say this. There's this, you guys ever watch, no Channel 10 has this commit to be fit thing? Anybody ever watch, everybody pay attention to those little PSAs and stuff they do on Channel 10? Anybody pay attention to that? Commit to be fit. Can I really be honest with you? Committing to be fit is a struggle for me. When it comes to diet and exercise, I I struggle. And there are days in my life where I am open to encouragement, and I'm open to correction, and I'm open to instruction, and there are days where I just don't want to hear any of it. But here's what I need in my life. I need people who are in it with me, not just so I can feel good and be comfortable. I need people in my life who are in it for my welfare and my good, who don't want me to be comfortable and just merely happy. They want me to be better. I need people who will speak into my life. I need to be put in a spot where I can, I can stretch a little bit. And, and, and if, if that's true of me, I'm sure it's true of you. And here's what I want to say. We as Church Triumphant are committed to the growth of one another. We're committed to, 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 to walking this thing out. And we need everyone's participation in that. Not one of you is left out in this, this scenario. And the reason we would do this, because we, we need to reorient our lives at times around certain ideas and certain principles. We need reminders. We need seasons where we can concentrate on, and employ the habits we're supposed to be engaged in. And, and, if, and here's something. Some of you are like, well, I, you know, I got this prayer thing down. Okay, whatever. All right. But it, 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 and if you do feel that, you're still off the hook. You know, I mean, you're still, you're still off the hook. Because here's the deal. If you got it down during this campaign, you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to help somebody else who's not as strong as you are, help them come up to proficiency in that arena. So this is, you know, don't, don't check out on me right now because I've been praying for 25 years. Okay, good, good, good. Thank you. All right. I wanna say, I'm going to say something over and over and over again through the rest of this morning. Okay, and I got two signs on either side that will help me say it. 
Spiritual growth is not optional, so pray always. Can I say it again? Spiritual growth is not optional. Pray always. One more time. Spiritual growth is not optional. Pray always. As followers of Christ, there are certain things that are absolutely non-negotiable. And you to remain stagnant or me to remain stagnant, us to remain stagnant in our growth as Christians is absolutely unacceptable. And there are certain things God puts in, a, in, in place to help us grow. And the idea of growing isn't about quali- quantity of numbers. The idea of growing as a Christian is to become more and more like Christ. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? He would rise early in the morning before everything got going. And he would spend time with the Father in prayer. And so even if you are a good praying person, I will bet you there's some mornings you aren't quite where he was. So that's why you need a 40-day of prayer campaign. I'm just saying. Right? And, and, and so, so we're, we're going to dive in there. And so look at Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll start looking at verse 11 together. And he says this, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. I'm going to stop right there just a second. I want you to notice what's not on, the, on, on that list of gifts. You will find no capital letters. These are not titles. These are roles of servanthood. Some of you are looking for a title. God doesn't need people who want titles. He needs people who will serve. No capital letters here. No big shots. No head honchos. Just people trying to accomplish the great commission that the video show eloquently showed us. Okay? And, and, and so, some of you, you know, I still, I still get squishy when people call me Pastor Aaron. I'm just being honest. And I appreciate the respect and all that, but somehow it leaves this hierarchy idea that somehow I'm something different than everybody else. And here's the thing. I put my pants on one foot at a time. My wife tells me I snore at night. I still leave messes that she has to tell me to clean up. Sometimes I lose my cool. Sometimes I get out of control. Sometimes I make noises with my body that nobody wants to be around. And so what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, listen, we're on this journey together. Let's serve one another correctly, and let's just walk this thing out, and let's get where God wants us to go. That's what I'm saying. Okay? Some of you think it's the pastor or the ministry guy's job to get the work done. Nope. If you think that, you don't know the Bible, because I'm going to read it right here. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work. 
and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body. Now, the rest of those numbers there at the top of the list are he's the head of the church he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts to grow did you catch that each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love boy that's beautiful i want to be a part of that if you can find that i want to walk it out but i think we have found it man and there's some signs in here, and I'm going to hit this really quickly. When a, when, a, when a church, when a ministry, when a life is what it's supposed to be, you will find some things going on. You will find unity um, in it and maturity in it. Unity doesn't mean we all think the same thing. The uni- unity means we all believe that there's one Savior, one hope, one, one plan for this planet, one gospel to run after, and we all play our part in getting it done. That's unity. Speaking the truth in proclamation, because the only thing, the church's job is just to, 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 you know, to make sure, and that, that's true, but here's the thing, speaking the truth in love. Some of you get really agitated when people inside these four walls try to speak truth to you. And can I say this to you? If you get agitated about that, you're not very grown up in the Lord. Ooh, it got quiet real quick, didn't it? Everybody, uh-huh, yeah, Ooh. You understand, and ha- if, you're, if, if things are growing the way they're supposed to, you, have, you understand have a growing hunger for the knowledge of Jesus. You look forward to the moments you get to hear the word of God and grow in him, whether it's the Sunday morning, whether it's a small group, whatever. There, there is a, you are growing up in every way. What does that mean? Every arena of your life is affected by what's going on spiritually inside of you. 1 John 1, 9 says this, It's God's hope that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And that's not just talking about the money you make. It's talking about the entirety of your, bo- your, your being, the whole of who you are, is growing, is becoming more and more like the person of Christ. Every arena, every part of your life is changing and being transformed into like this image of Christ. There's a growing commitment to God, his mission, and his church. If you're less committed now to the, to the mission of the church, to the mission of Jesus, to the person of Christ than you were a couple months ago or a couple years ago, you are no longer growing. Every facet of ministry is ministering. Every member is doing its part. People aren't easily moved by clever-sounding, almost Christian doctrine. Can I say this really loudly? There are some things with the term Christian attached to it that isn't. And it sounds slick, and the guy looks good, and all this other stuff is happening, and it's not. Because here's what happens. The gospel points people towards Jesus. Not towards self-awareness. Not towards bigger cars and bigger houses. Not towards Rolex watches. Sounds like, oh boy, everybody in the Bible who gave their all to Christ ended up with less at the end than they did at the beginning. 
In fact, they lost their lives. Every guy who followed Jesus, who was his close inner circle of people, either was imprisoned or died at the end of their life for the cause of Christ without much to rub together. Okay? So if you're trying to gauge the American dream and the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's not adding up, probably isn't. Okay? There are things about what we believe and, and we cross lines we shouldn't cross. And we... God is about the mission of the church that's making more disciples. Seek first the kingdom of God. He takes care of the rest. And that doesn't mean you have everything you want. It means you have everything you need. And when somebody else needs something, you have, you have something to offer them in reserve. So, here's another thing. The body keeps growing in, quantity, in quality, and the offshoot of that is growth in quantity. The idea of multiplying. Did you catch that up there on that video? I, that was just so cool. I just think, thank you for sharing that with us, Andrew. I couldn't have a, I always try and pick some sort of thing to bounce us into the message, and I couldn't have picked a better one if I'd have been trying myself. It's so right on the money. So, if we're going to keep growing, what are ways we grow in the body of Christ? According to this passage of Scripture, we can go on, flip, keep, keep flying. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. Okay, what, what, what ways do we grow with and in the body of Christ? Number one, we have to ingest God's Word. In the Scripture we just read, it talked about the knowledge of the Son of God. When you're here, you're not here just to learn some academic idea, philosophical, theological thought process that makes you really smart. What you are supposed to do is come into this place and learn about a singular person. And those words are supposed to draw you into closer relationship with him, not make you, you know, super, like, you know, spiritual. You, you, you should be growing in him. For us, this, this value right here, we've moved these around on purpose. Some of you are like, dude, I can't believe they did that. Well, it's okay, relax. Because I know one thing, you're like most human beings, once you've walked past something three times, it fades into the, black, the background, Teaching is for transformation. See, the reason I would even stand here right now in this moment trying to convey the scripture to you because I expect that God's going to change your life. And the only way that changes is by you intaking the word of God. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 119, 103, 104. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. That's how we grow. We ingest the word of God. Jesus would, would quote Psalm 40 as he walked around in the Gospels. He would say this, The volume of the book is written of me. The entirety from Genesis 1-1 to the end of Revelation is this. It's about one singular person. His name is Jesus. And, and, and everything you read about, out of this thing should make you want him more, should make you grow in him, and it should be forming and fashioning you more into the likeness and image of him who called you to himself. Jesus said, at the beginning of John, we hear these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John 1.14 says, and the Word became flesh, and he lived among us. And then later on, Jesus says these words, I am the bread of life. 
So what you're doing right now, sitting in this congregation with the rest of the people known as Church Triumphant is this. You're ingesting life-giving bread right now. Right now, if your spirit is open, if your heart and your eyes and your, 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 your ears, your mind is open, right now God's taking something from heaven and he's depositing it into you. And he's making known himself, hopefully in a way you've never known him. And suddenly you're realizing what he's calling you to, who he's calling you to be, because he's calling you to be more like himself. And the only way you know that is to have a standard by which to gauge it. And we call it the word of God. And so you've got to take it in. You've got to make it, a, make it a priority of your life. See, spiritual growth is not optional. So we've got to pray always. Spiritual growth is not optional. You don't get a pass. You can't float through and not get good grades. We're not going to, we don't even have any star athletes who, you know, get passes so they can keep playing. Everybody's got to grow. One of the best ways you're going to grow is spend the next 40 days with the rest of us engaging in a lifestyle of prayer. Spiritual growth is not optional. Pray always. Spiritual growth is not optional. Pray always. Another thing you got to learn to do is employ different methods. Thank you to my wife for noticing the sign. Methods change. The message doesn't. The problem with a lot of church circles is we get stuck, with our, we, we get stuck in our method at the expense of the message. When we should do everything we can to make sure the message gets across. Because the message is the thing. Because the message is about Jesus. The message is Jesus. And so here we got to make sure people are in a place where they can hear it. That we can grow through it. And what I know about you, there's this thing, talking about fitness, there's this thing in, in physical fitness where they talk about muscle memory, and you become stagnant, right? And so they, they have to do this thing called muscle confusion. you got to employ different tactics at times to keep things happening the way it's supposed to. Otherwise, you plateau and you just stay where you are. Anybody know about, anybody, anybody know about that? So here's the thing with us. we got to keep employing different methods. We gotta keep spotlighting different things so we can keep growing because we get stuck. Is it easy to get stuck? How many of you guys ever get anybody ever been known to be in a rut? Huh? Come on, be honest. Lord Jesus, if we can't be honest in here, how we I mean, come on, I mean for real. How many of you ever been in a rut? Oh yeah, see that that's so much better. Huh? The Bible says when we confess our faults one to the other, that's the place we get healed. And so let's just be honest about that. And so you know what a rut is, right? It's a grave with both ends kicked out of it. Right? Ever been there? Feel like you're alive but dead at the same time? you got to do something to shake up the, the, the process a little bit. This 40-day campaign is that. We're going to shake up the process a little bit. That's why you need to engage and here's the thing, we, we talk about this, the roles of ministry. In that thing, it talks about all kinds of different kinds of leaders and people who can input the lives of people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And there's, there's more than that, but that, that, that's kind of like the big five we recognize, right? And so you've got to be ready to let God use whatever gift he wants in your life to help you grow. So you think it's this one or that one. And you, 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 you got what you do like, and so that's what you run to all the time. Listen, employ different methods. Allow different people, allow different things to speak into your life. Find a way to stretch. We all learn and grow in different ways. Some of us uh, really enjoy this moment of preaching on Sunday morning corporately, and that's cool. I'm all right with that, trust me. But it's not it. This is not the extent of spiritual nutrition you should, you should be taking in during the week. Some of us need, would prefer the small group setting, and that's cool. We need that too. Some of us, 
The one thing we, we, we fail to do a lot is we hear really good words, whether we're in, whether we're in the corporate setting or the, or the smaller group setting. And you know what we won't do? We hear, but we don't apply. The Bible says if you, if you hear and you don't apply, what happens is you're like a man who looked into a mirror, walked away, and forgot what he saw. Don't be just hearers, the book of James says. Be doers also. And so one, one of the methods you have to employ is saying, God, what are you saying to me right now? And immediately find a way to apply whatever God's saying to you. Okay? We've got to, got to find a way. Some of you need, need, need to make more. We talked about uh, the, the U version app and all that stuff. Listen, there, there are all sorts of places. Online right now, we have, we have every message we've ever done here probably for the last nine years with the exception of some we had technical difficulties. You could go right now and never, never, never exhaust yourself and putting yourself in a place to ingest the Word of God and employ a different method. On your drive to work, there are so many other podcasts and different things that, that you can participate in. I get a couple of texts this week. Dude, you should listen to this message from so-and-so, man. It was awesome this week. And we were filing things back and forth. And I, I just make that a regular thing for me, man. I just do. Because I want to keep growing. Some of you need to employ like, like the idea of, of having personal conversations with mentors and with peers. Some of you are so anxious that somebody might really know your stuff, you don't employ the method of peer interaction and conversations that really matter. You want to talk about the Eagles, and you want to talk about the Cavs, and you want to talk about the weather, you want to talk about the good sale you got at Walmart or Kmart, but you don't want to talk about things that really matter. And some of you, if you're going to grow, you got to start being honest with yourself, being honest with other people, and letting people help you walk through the tragedies of life you're walking through. And that's a method you all need, I need. I would not have made it in the last year of my life if I did not have godly, real people speaking to my real problems. And you, you, we skirt away from that. We show up and we smile. We think, yeah, it's good. Whatever. You know, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm fine. But you never have a real conversation. Never, never really let somebody know the temptation you've struggled with all week or, or how you messed it up. And listen, can I tell you something? You need to involve that method of growth in your life. You need it, and other people need it. Another thing you need to do is you need to implement spiritual habits. Pray always. We are called disciples on purpose. Because we're supposed to live by a certain discipline. That's what disciples do. They live by a certain discipline. They have a certain habit that they carry out in life. Certain tactics and things they follow. We're called followers of Christ. There's certain things. And there's a lot of them. There's the study of Scripture. I didn't say the reading of Scripture. I said the study of Scripture. Two different things. Study means you, you dig in, you figure out what it says, why it says what it says, how it was written. And, and if you don't know how to do that, we can sure help you do that. There's a, study, there's a memorization of Scripture. There's being together. There's praying. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything. How many of y'all have had moments of anxiety this week? Oh, there we go. See, we're trucking now. There's this open conversation happening, right? Moments of anxiety. God gives you a tactic to handle that. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's why you need the spiritual habit of prayer. Because anxiety's coming. It's not a matter of if, it's when. There's going to be something come up that's going to ravage peace from your life and attempt to. If you already employ the tactic of prayer, you will avoid a bunch of that stuff that's meant to mess you up. 
Are you with me? Bible says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know temptation's coming. That's why you employ the spiritual tactic, the, the implement the spiritual habit of putting the Bible into your soul. Because temptation, you, don't, you know it's not a matter of if it's coming, it's a matter of when it's coming. And you've already employed that habit to combat that. You get what I'm saying? Boy, that's good. Ephesians 6.18 says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Spirit, pray always. It should be a habit. Listen to this. Luke 18.1, Jesus taught this parable that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Colossians 4.2, continue steadfastly in prayer. You get the habit? You get what I'm trying to say? These words aren't just nice pictures to hang on the wall. They're meant to remind you of what it means to be a follower of Christ, specifically what it means to follow Christ as a part of church triumphant. Pray always. Spiritual growth isn't optional. We've got to pray always. Spiritual growth isn't optional. Pray always. Another thing you've got to do, if you read Ephesians 4, you'll find this throughout that little passage we read, is you have to involve others in the process. You have to involve others in the process of your spiritual growth. We say here, circles are greater than rows. Actually, we say circles are greater than rows. For you guys, it looked like something else. Circles are greater than rows. The best way of growing, the best way of growing is engagement with other people. That's why Jesus doesn't, Jesus spends times with, with crowds and crowds of people, but he pours his life into 12 dudes. Jesus was a believer in small group ministry. Jesus believed that was, that was where it was at. He looked at those guys and said, dudes, I'm getting ready to check out. Guess what? I got a mission for y'all to accomplish. You know what those soon-to-be 11 guys did? They went and accomplished the mission. And in fact, that mission is still being accomplished right now. And we get to reap the benefit of that. So you get to involve others in the process. We say, we say love is expressed, not just addressed. It's not just something we talk about. It's something we carry out, something we do. We teach it by living it and carrying it out, right? We, we, say, we say every believer can. You can't really, some of you can't see this one right now. Every believer can minister is what it says right here. See the mom, the two boys, yeah, all of them. All of them can. But here's the, here's the thing with me. As a pastor, I would love, I, I still want to make it every believer should. It doesn't matter if you can or not. You know, I can go to Columbus today. I'm probably not. I can. I'm probably not. Now, if there's something going on, I probably should. You know what I mean? Like if there's a hospital visit that needs to be made, I, I should go to Columbus. Difference, right? See what I'm saying? But me as a pastor, I want to be every believer should. All of us have responsibility here in the growth and development of the mission of Christ and the, 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 the building up the body of Christ. I'm not going to be happy until it's every believer does. Until none of us feel like we get a free pass. 
So every one of us go, dude, I have responsibility. Not only that, I get partnership in the kingdom with the, God, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's asked me, he's invited me to be a part of what he's doing. And I'm just going to be in. I'm all the way in. Whatever that means. Every believer does minister. Man, I, it's not about who's got the names and the titles and the offices. It's about us doing what God called us to do. And then we're just going to run this thing out to the end of the road. No names. No titles. No recognizable faces. What the Bible says about Jesus, he, he had no comeliness that we should be drawn to him. In a lot of ways, he was just another face in the crowd. He was just another dude walking out life. And when he loved and he spoke and he engaged in the lives of other people, something dramatic happened. You know what I mean? He's looking, he's looking for other no names. He's looking for other average Joes and average Janes and saying, listen, we got something to do. Let's go love on people. Let's go speak truth into people. Let's go light the way for other people to find hope and strength in life, and I can use you to do that. Come on, let's roll. But i got to be involved. i got to have involved others in my life. I talked about that last week, about trusting God's people. Another thing you got to do is this. You have to intentionally grow. Growth doesn't happen by accident. If I want to plant a garden, guess what I have to do? I have to plant the garden. Well, I can't walk out the edge of my deck, look out the backyard, and go, boy, I'd like to have a garden. And just think good thoughts. I just positively. Man, I love red heart tomatoes. Mm -mm. Silver queen corn. Yes, Jesus. Mm, some big old bell peppers. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Co cucumbers. Oh, I love me some bread and butter pickles. Oh, Jesus, help us. Yes. Yes, and I can stand out there on the back of my deck, and I can think those kind of thoughts all day long until I actually go to the feed store, buy some feed, till up the ground, drop it in there, start watering, start weeding. I'm not having none of that. It feels good to think about it. I can taste that Silver Queen right now with that sloppy butter on there and that salt. I mean, come on. Woo! You know what I mean? But I'm just dreaming, man. In fact, I'm daydreaming. It's not benefiting me. It's not benefiting anybody else until I put some intention to it, right? And you think you're going to think good thoughts about Jesus. You're going to think good thoughts about his word. You're going to think good thoughts about praying. You're going to think good thoughts about the mission of the church. You're going to think good thoughts about serving, and it's just going to happen. No, it's not. The Bible tells us to make choices. Choose you this day. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. That's what he said. And life is going to come at you. It's going to. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And we taught you recently that there are five things that, 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 that you need that are catalysts for growth. They are practical teaching, personal ministry. There's another P in there. Private disciplines, of all things. Providential relationships. Okay, those four I can help you with. I'm giving you practical teaching right now. I can set the stage for you know what private disciplines you need to be a part of. I can help you find providential relationships. You know how I can do that? Because we have these things called small groups. 
I can make sure you get personal ministry because, again, of a small group scenario in particular. Other ways. The one P I can't help you with, the one catalyst for growth I can't help you with, are pivotal circumstances. See, every one of our lives are going to come to a spot where the road changes. The thing is, how, if I've got the other four P's in my life, it will determine how well I, I navigate the, the, the last P of pivotal circumstances. How, how, how fruitful my life is in that moment. Not a matter of if. The Bible says this. In Isaiah 43, he talks about framing and forming us on purpose. Then he says, when you go through the water, not if, I will be with you. When you go through the fire, I will be there. Not, not, not if. Some of us have these faith ideas that we can just faith things out of existence. No. Faith walks us through things. Faith gets us through bad ideas. Faith gets us bad, through bad seasons and difficult circumstances. And the way we grow our faith is by practical teaching, personal disciplines, personal ministry, and providential relationships. Are you with me? And so that's, that's why we are doing this. Listen, listen, spiritual growth is not optional. You have to have the intention of growing. You have to do that. The Bible says that God expects us to grow up. We are to grow up. Did you hear that? Did you hear those words in Ephesians 4? Grow, we are to grow up. It's not a matter. God's expecting that. He's committed to it. The question is, are you? Are you expecting to grow? Are you committed to growing? 2 Corinthians 3.16 says this, but, one, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Talking about our blindness to the things of God. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Go back and listen to our message from about three weeks ago when Phil talked about trusting the Holy Spirit. Right on the money, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all want that. And we all, collectively, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, those are these words, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. It means we have not arrived. It's a progressionary thing through life. We have to be intentional about allowing the veil to be torn from our, from our lives and becoming more like Christ. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you because of the mercy of God to present your bodies. You have to make the decision to present yourself. He says, don't be conformed. Make the decision to allow your life to be transformed by the renewing of your minds. There's much intentionality that we have to embark upon as the people of God. We have to, on purpose, engage in certain things so we can keep being what God wants us to be, growing the way he wants us to grow, and becoming what he wants us to become. Because he wants us to be something more than he wants us to do something. He wants us to look like himself. He wants us to love like he loves, to be, have peace like he is peace, to have joy like he is joy. He wants us, and then when we go start to carry out the things he's called us to, by being who he wants us to be, things go a little bit differently. Not always smoothly, not always without difficulty. But the point is, people see him in us, not just what we're doing. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Here's my point. If Jesus is the example, if the Son of God had to grow, if the Son of God had to pray every morning, he's the example. We are to follow his lead. 
We are to grow with intention. Remember that? How, how his mom and dad lost him? Remember that? And had to go back and look for him. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, what did you expect? I'm like, I'm about the business here. Remember the family business? I'm intentionally following that thing out. I'm growing. I'm where I should be. I'm in the Father's house, partaking of and declaring the Word of God. That's, that's what I'm of intention. I'm doing that. I know you thought you had a plan, but I, you know, I'm following the plan. That's pretty much what he told him. How many of you guys love it when your kids say that to you? Now just imagine Jesus lives in your house. I was worried to death. Well, I have life. going to follow, it requires some intention. Jesus has this intention for us. Romans 8, 29 says, for those who for, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. He has a plan to be conformed to his own image. He's intentionally carrying that thing out. So spiritual growth is not optional. So what now? If spiritual growth is not optional, what, 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 do, what do I do? What, right now, you should be asking yourself that question. If it's not optional, if I'm a follower of Christ and this thing is not optional, what, what do I do right now? What, how, how do I respond to this? Let me give you some ideas. Involve others in your life and in your growth cycle by participating in a small group. Some of you aren't doing that yet. Can I say this to you? I'm really pleased where you just went through that consultation a couple of things really made me happy. 120 of our nearly 175 normal Sunday morning people are engaged in a small group. Which is statistically really good. But can I be honest with you? I will not be happy until we have more people attend our small groups than we have come to church on Sunday morning. Because you know what that will mean? That will mean we're actually on the mission. That means we'll actually, like all of our lives are intersecting the lives of other people. And they're hungry and they're looking and we're trying to help point them in the right direction. So if you're just looking at me, I'm like, dude, that's great, but dude, we gotta, we're not done yet. So keep rolling. You know what? 75, 72 people who attend church here are regularly engaged in acts of ministry, scheduled on ministry of our 175-ish people. You know what that means? That 175 includes kids. Okay, so 72 people are currently engaged in ministry, right? Regularly on a schedule somewhere. You know what the average statistical thing they say of a church is that participates in ministry? 22%. So we're doing really good, but you know what I do know? Some of you are just still sitting there watching. This is not a basketball game. It's not a football game where you sit and watch. Every believer can minister. Every believer should minister. Every believer does minister. So what else can you do? Implement the habit of prayer daily. If you hang around for the next few weeks, we're going to help you do that. Learn how to do that. But you should start today. Ingest the Word of God daily. Another thing you can do. You need to employ different methods. 
by adding something you haven't been doing, like scripture memorization, like really studying the Bible, not just getting like the dabble do you kind of like quick, you know, verse of the day thing and rolling down the road, really digging in and saying, what does this mean? Grabbing a concordance, grabbing a dictionary, grabbing a commentary, grabbing somebody else. Right now, one of the, one of the highlights of my week, I get to sit with a young man every Wednesday afternoon, and right now we're walking through Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, and after about a month, we finally finished chapter one this week. It's cool, man. I just love it. And we get, we, we, we get to engage around the Word of God. It's a really important facet of your spiritual growth. You, you, you need to, to, to volunteer in ministry. I just said that. You need to, some of you, you know, you, you know how you could increase your spiritual temperature? Stop listening to the radio. Stop listening to the radio. Make it a prayer time. Especially if you're listening to, like, trashy music or news talk or something like that. And make that a time to do one of two things, to engage yourself in some kind of podcast, spiritual, audio, sermon thing, or turn off the radio and pray. That would be a great idea. Just don't close your eyes while you're driving down the road, okay? It is possible, different methods, right? Some people say, oh, this is how you pray. No, you just pray. You have conversation with God. We'll talk about that later. It's not a matter if you close your eyes or not. It's a matter if you engage with the Father. So you can drive down the road and pray. It's cool. And I suggest that if you're driving down the road and praying, you should keep your eyes open. Grab some worship tunes that are biblically based and get the Word of God in your heart on a weekly, on a daily basis on your drive to work. Some of you just don't do that. You ever listen to Mike and Mike or, no, they're not on anymore. Whoever those, yeah, whatever. Started on the right high note. You know what we're going to do this morning? We're going to do something crazy. Okay? I want you right now to think about the person who's closest to you in your life. Now, prayerfully, if you're a married person sitting here, you should know who that is. And if you're not a married, if you are a married person, if somebody else came to mind, we have a marriage ministry that meets on Sunday nights. You both should be here. Okay? If you're not a married person, it, it, whoever the, the closest friend is that you have, one of your children, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, grandma, neighbor, coworker, somebody you're really tight with, I want you to think about them right now. Okay? You got, you got, you got a name, got a face in your, in your deal right now? Okay. Keep that locked in. Because one thing we can do is employ prayer, okay? We can, we can actually apply it, like do it for somebody, okay? And just so happens that the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 1, it's a prayer, a, a prayer we can all use to pray for somebody else. And if you don't regularly engage in prayer, I would strongly encourage you to find some prayers in the Bible and begin to use them as, as the basis for how you pray, okay? Now, rote, routine, ceremonial, just scripted prayer doesn't always work. In fact, Jesus, we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Jesus is like, dude, just don't think because of your many words, you'll be heard, okay? But if we're just being discipled and growing in this thing called prayer, it's good for us to take what God already says about prayer and utilize it. Does that make sense to you? Because some of us don't have a prayer life yet. It's like, oh, yeah, he's right. You don't have a prayer life yet. No. So I'm, I'm going to throw, throw a scripture reference up here on the, on the wall for you, okay? Would you put that last slide? Okay, look up there. It says these words. I do not cease to give thanks for you. Now, every place there's you, we're going we're to add, a, we're going to put a name in there. 
the name you just thought of, the face you just thought of. Remembering whoever in my prayers, that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, whoever that is, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you, whoever that is, may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Their name in there again. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us, toward you who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he, might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Amen. So, I want you all to stand with me. Okay? I want you to think of that name, that person, and every place you see the word you, try and grammatically slide their name in there. And here's another thing. I want you to say it loud. I want you to say it out loud. I want you to get used to hearing your own voice praying. You need to hear you pray. Okay? Because God asks us to come boldly before the throne. Don't hide. Don't be intimidated. Just roll into it and come see him and talk. Okay, so I want you to hear your own. We're all going to be praying together. These words on the screen, okay? So I'm going to turn around. So, Oh, crap. Aaron's looking at me. He'll know if I'm doing that or not. And now I'm nervous because I don't like speaking in public. So I'm going to turn this way too, okay? And we're going we're gonna to pray this prayer together. And we're going to insert names instead of you, Okay? So if I'm praying right now for the person who's closest to me, I'm going to go, I do not cease to give thanks for Rachel. Remembering Rachel in my prayers. Got it? So let's do it together on a one and a two and a three. I do not cease to give thanks for Rachel. Remembering Rachel in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give Rachel the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of her hearts enlightened, that Rachel may know what is the hope to which he has called her, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Amen. Woo! Now, I'm just telling you, if you pray that for the person who's closest to you every day of your life, their life is going to change. Their life is going to be different. They're going to see things like they never saw them before. They're going to be able to accomplish things they never accomplished before. Things are going to be different for them. Okay? Now, here's one thing I want to do. They told me in the cohort that I participated in as, as a pastor that if you can get 10% of your congregation to agree to pray one hour a week for your church, the spiritual temperature of your church would escalate dramatically. Just 10%. You know what that means? If I can get two dozen of you or less to commit this week and for the next 40 days to pray for the church as a whole, by the time we get to Easter, the spiritual temperature here will be crazy awesome. So here's what we're going to do. I've given you some ammunition to pray. I'm going to add to it right now. Outside, in the, outside these two double doors, hanging right next to our double door, next to the double doors, is a prayer board, a prayer bulletin board. Okay? 
Sitting on a table is a card that looks like this. And right now, all it has on it is the actual ministries and leaders of the, the ministries on it. Here's my challenge to you. Put your name on a card, post it on that bulletin board. No, there's a card with a cross on it. It's kind of blank on one side. You'll see it. You can follow direct, you'll be able to follow examples, right? Okay. Put your name, your first name and last initial on it. Pin it to the board. If you're committed to praying one hour a week. Now, you can do it one of three ways. Okay? You can pick a day every week and say, I'm going to pray for an hour that day. I don't care how you do it. You can pray every other day for 20 minutes. That's cool. You can pray every day for 10. Now, here's the, here's the object. If you would take this information here, you take each of those names on this and put that in there, I promise an hour will not be hard to get around. You take the, the, the members of your family, add them to it, bam. You take the members of your own small group, add them to it, bam. You take the teacher you know you drop your kid off in kids' ministry to, and Bam! You know what? Like three hours are gone, you're like, dude, what just happened? Because it's important that we don't just talk about spiritual ideas, we actually apply them so our lives are changed. Do you hear me? This is not so much about church tea. Church tea will reap the benefit of it. It's much more about you taking the habit of prayer and praying always. Do you get that? That's what we want. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org.